Amen, amen. You may be seated, church. You may be seated. If you chose to come to church this morning, you're going to be blessed, all right? It's a holiday weekend, and uh, I got something for you. I got a word from the Lord, amen? Amen. And, and what I'm about to say isn't really connected to my entire message, but I, I want to show you something, okay? You know, last week, how many of y'all are here last week? Come on, give a shout. Woo. All right. Y'all don't want to shout this morning? Come on now. <laughs> what I'm about to say isn't really connected to my message this morning, but I want to, I want to show you that you know, when you start applying scripture, when you start applying the, the messages of the word of God to your life, God's going to bring them in your path, right? So this week, right, um, I was challenged. And I was challenged because last week I preached a message called, about distractions. And how do we discern a divine distraction from a disruptive distraction? Because there's a distinction, right? So, so I was exercising. I was running through my neighborhood and last week. And um, and. I saw this guy walking to his home. He doesn't have a car. He's walking. And it's a guy that is a high-maintenance type of guy, okay? One of those relationships that is extremely high-maintenance. And I mean high-maintenance because, you know, when you encounter the person, it's like a long conversation. And it's all about issues and problems and things going on. And that's okay because I like to minister to people, okay? And, and, and I believe it was a divine distraction. But as I was running, I saw him, and my first reaction was like, oh, crap. You know, I'm like, I don't want to stop running. I want to finish, you know. And uh, so, so I was like, all right, God, you're testing me. I practice what you preach, preacher, right? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this is, a, this is obviously a divine, divine distraction because, you know, this guy is a very broken guy. He, he's, he, he comes from the same neighborhood I do. You know what I'm talking about? Drug addict type. Okay. So uh, he, he has issues, you know, and he has a lot of issues. And, and that's okay because I can be a light in his world. So I was like, all right, and I ran up behind him, like, hey, man, what's up, you know, and it was a long conversation, and, but I was encouraging to him, you know, I, I, tried to, I tried to tell myself, you know, when I, when I, when I go up to him, all right, I got I to gotta be an encourager to this guy, and I knew that, right, so it was a divine distraction, and, you know, I think I encouraged that guy that day, he probably had a little bit better of an hour or a day because, because he encountered me, and I, I looked at it like that, so it's about changing your perspective, you know, God's going to test you, amen, will he not? Yeah, you're like, oh, man, not me. Don't test me. Yeah, but see, it, it, it took that courage to say, okay, I'm going to handle this. This is God before me. Holy Spirit's working here, and, um, and it, it turned out good. So anyway, so on, on to my message, okay? Uh, the V word, the V word. How many of y'all figured out the V word? Anybody, anybody see the social media stuff? Yeah, okay. The V word, okay, so before I tell you the V word, it's not a four-letter word, it's not a bad word. It can be viewed as bad because we don't like the V word, and we don't like to be the V word, okay? But I believe that if we value the V word, which is vulnerability, being vulnerable, that we could, we could benefit from it greatly. We see a lot of people in the scripture being vulnerable. We're going to take a look at that today. One of my theological heroes, Paul, was very vulnerable. And he voiced it. He expressed it. But why are we so afraid of vulnerability? I mean, why are we so afraid to be vulnerable? And even more so, why, 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 why do we try so hard not to be vulnerable? You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I, you can't see me without my makeup. He'll, he'll never date me. You know what I mean? Like, like that kind of thing. Or that kind of, that kind of thing where, like, I, I, can't, I can't let them know that I'm having a bad day. Because I can't be like that. I'm, I'm, I'm mean. But why, 
that we try so hard not to be us? Why is it that our messes sometimes teach us to be masters of disguise? They do. We put masks on. Because, see, what we're afraid of is we're, we're, afraid, we're afraid of vulnerability sometimes because we're afraid of what someone might think. We're afraid that if we are who we really are, they might not like who we are. You follow me here? So I want us all to learn this, this concept of, of vulnerability. And it's so important when you're following Christ because God says that he, he raises up the humble. The lowly in spirit, he raises up. You know, one of the things that, that strikes me is, is Paul in Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians. If you don't, it'll be up on the screen. But Paul talks about this idea of vulnerability. And it's implied in the scripture, the V word. He doesn't actually use the V word, probably because he knows it's kind of like a bad word. <laughs> but it's implied in the scripture. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 13, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, we always look at this scripture and we're like forgetting the past and straining on towards the goal, right? But we forget what's in between, the present. The present. And Paul says this, that we, can, we always discount what he says here. He says, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Well, what is it? It is the present. What he's going through at the moment. What he's going through at this time. Like, he, he's, he, he's, not reached, he's not reached perfection. He's still human. Yeah, he wrote a lot of the Bible, but you know what? He's got some imperfections. And that's what he's saying. Like, I haven't taken hold of this whole Christian thing yet, but I forget what's behind, and I strain on towards the future. But I'm being vulnerable in the moment to tell you that I'm human, and I'm dealing with things. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I might be dealing with something. Come on, tell them. Be vulnerable. See, I just taught you how to be vulnerable. Amen? There you go. That's it. All right, see you next week. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But see, if you can't get vulnerable, you can't grow. Come on, somebody. If you can't get vulnerable, you can't grow. You can't. And Paul teaches us how to do that here. They're intrinsically connected. Past present, future. They're all, they're all there. They're all connected. You know, one of the things that I struggle with as a preacher, like I, I study it, I preach it, I present it, and, and, and I have not attained it either. Like being a Christian, being a perfect, you know, so-called Christian pastor. You know, that's the thing about church sometimes. You know, Someone in church messes up, you know, outsiders think, oh, they must not have been a Christian, or that church ain't real, you know, look at them. Yeah, well, you know what, look at all of us. You can say that we're all such a, you know, hypocrite. We have a sin-cursed nature, and we have a divine nature, the Holy Spirit living in us. So how do these two dwell? How do they meet? How do they, how do they relate together? Well, they don't do so good together because they're in opposition to each other, but they're still dwelling and living inside of us. Until Christ comes back, gives us our new bodies, new minds, cre recreates us in, into a new heavenly being, eternal being, right? We're going to deal with our imperfections. So we need to be vulnerable so that we can grow through the imperfections. You get that? We need to be vulnerable so we can grow. There's beauty in the in-between. You know, my wife, she's not here today. She thought she was going to get away for the weekend and go, you know, 
go hang out with her friend. And, and that's good. She needs some rest. Like that. She's going to be listening to this message later. But uh, me, and, me and Drew and Ava got in the car, and we ran over to the beach, and went to hang, we went to hang out with her yesterday, right? So, <laughs> now she invited us over. It's not like that, really. <laughs> so, so we went over there. I brought my surfboard, you know, and, uh, and I, I love to surf. I've been surfing since I was 10. We were teaching our kids a little bit how to surf yesterday some more, and uh, they, they just pop right up, and it's so cool. But one of the things about surfing is, like, you know, it, you got to be patient. you got to be patient. And um, so there's, there, here's how it works when you surf, right? There's, there might be three or four, five, six, seven waves that roll in at once, okay? You might catch one or two of them, right? And that's called a set, okay? And then it'll be flat for a couple minutes. So you have to wait patiently for the next set of waves to roll in, right? And, and, and like, I, I wish the waves were just always coming, right? Like, I, I want to catch as many waves. I don't want to wait for another wave. You know, that was the thing yesterday. It was like, this is like 10 minutes almost before I seen a wave, you know, we don't like to wait, do we? And, 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 and here's the beauty of it, though. In between sets, you know what I do? I focus on God. I focus on, I pray, I speak to him, I listen to him. There's nobody out there. It, it, I, I was the only surfer within about 100 yards, right? And there's nobody out there. It's quiet, you know. You hear the shore, little waves crashing on the shore. Not big enough to ride. <laughs> but the beauty of the in-between there's beauty in the present. And what I'm trying to say to you is there's, there's beauty in whatever you're going through right now. There's beauty in the moment that you're in right now. You know, you're in that moment because God put you in that moment. So there's value in the moment. You know, here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. You know, I, I understand that, you know, life throws all kinds of things at us. And, and, and we want to think, all right, let's cut, let's cut the past off. Let's forget about it. We've been forgiven. We've got to move on, right? And that's good. Right, and, but but if we're always reaching for the future, we're never we'll, we'll never take opportunity in the moment to heal, to minister to others, to do the things that come at us in the moment. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's like, I, I haven't attained it. I forget what's behind, but there's this moment that I'm in now. I haven't attained it, so I'm striving to hear God. I'm striving to. To, to, to be forgiven of my imperfections, and I'm going to tell you all about it. That's what he's saying. Because he's human, we're all human. You know, it's especially, it's especially difficult because, you know, I, I, I come here and, and, and I tell you, uh, I preach to you, and I tell you how to overcome your battles and, and how to be forgiven and how to heal and how to have proper relationships with others, and then, you know, I go home, and I'm like, oh, now what am I going to do? <laughs> what am I going to do with myself? I'm the same as you. I'm just used by God in a different way, and you're used by God, too, and you can be if you're not now, but the, the thing about it is, is that you know, here's what we all need to remember. Sometimes we, we limit ourselves to ministering to others, to being in a relationship where we can encourage someone because, you know what, we're, 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 we're stuck there and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm imperfect. How, how am I going to encourage that person? How am I going to help someone? How am I going to even speak to them? You know? But here's a concept that you need to think. You know, can, can, can you bandage someone else's wound while you stitch yours up? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And there's encouragement in that. And I think that's what Paul is saying. Paul's saying here, there's beauty in the in-between. There's beauty in the in-between. 
you know, God's going God's gonna to show up, and he can show out in your life. You just have to be vulnerable. I want to take you to a narrative in the, in the book of Mark. Everybody say Mark. Mark. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. This is Jesus here on display. All right, verse 46 says, Then they came to Jericho, and they is the disciples, Jesus, his crowds following them, right? As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, everybody say blind man, blind man Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Okay, so you got this blind guy. He's sitting by the roadside begging. And this was common in the first, you know, this was common in, in the first century there. And, and, and they were, they had, um, you know, the, the, the people, the cripples, the blind, the ones that were hurting, they would beg at the front entrance of the cities because there was people entering, there was tourism, there was things coming, you know, so, so they could kind of come up, so to speak. So that's what's happening here. So verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So they're like, you know, the crowds are like, hey, be quiet, man. What are you doing? That's Jesus, you know. Leave him alone. Be quiet. Shut up. You know? And uh, he just kept going. He just kept calling out, son of David, son of David. Verse 49. Watch this. Jesus stopped and said, call him. He said, call him over here. Get that guy over here. So they called the blind man. They said, cheer up. Get on your feet. He's calling you. So throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Verse 51. Jesus says, what, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I, I want to see. Jesus said, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know, just like Bartimaeus here. Maybe today is your day. Maybe today is your day. See, the, the beauty of the in-between is that Jesus can meet you. See, the, the, this, this guy here, his, his past had been, had been hindering him. His past had, been, had, had, had crippled him. His, his eyes, he couldn't see. His life was, was he, he was an outcast because he was blind. Right? But he saw Jesus. He saw the presence of God walk before him. And he screamed him down. How many of y'all know sometimes you just got to scream Jesus down? Amen? Come on, somebody. You just got to scream him down sometimes. I'm telling you, that's what you got to do. This guy did that. What Jesus did is he stopped. I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, if you scream some Jesus down, he's going to stop. And he's going to minister to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to encourage you. But you have to be in the moment. This guy was in the moment and leveraged the moment. He took the opportunity to be in the moment, seek Jesus out, and Jesus healed him. And there's a lot in this scripture here. It's very interesting because, you know, this guy, he, he, didn't, be, he, 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 he didn't like shut his mouth when they said be quiet. He, he was vulnerable enough to keep screaming. And, and you know, you know, that goes for us too. Sometimes you just got to be like, you know, you, you can be Captain America sometimes, but sometimes you're going to lose your shield, amen? Superman. Sometimes he encounters some kryptonite. Need some help. This guy needed some help. You got to be vulnerable, vulnerable enough to scream down Jesus and allow him to minister to your heart. See, it's not all about what's 
what's going to happen, but it's what is happening in this moment. So don't be always reaching and firing off into the future, but value the moment and be vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I'm in this now for a reason. I'm in this moment now. I'm in this circumstance. I'm in this situation because God's got me here and he probably wants to teach me something. Yeah, I'm preaching this morning. It's a challenging message, isn't it? Amen. It is. One of the things that was really a pivotal point in my life, in my marriage, in my, in my family life was, was a time when, when I was in jail. And I was in jail, and I'm going to paint two pictures here. You know, like the TV does. You see one scene over here, and you see one scene over here to the right happening at the same time. So me, I'm in jail. I'm reading this book, right? And, and, and I, had, I had messed up really bad, right? I, I had, I've been arrested. I'm facing some time. I've been on drugs, you know, ruined my, practically ruined my marriage, my relationship with my children, everybody around me. And my wife, on the other hand, she's in the other scene here, and, and she's, she's, she's reading a book, too. The book that she was reading was by a guy named Mike Courtney. It's called Failure and How I Achieved It. And he was also an addict. So we're both reading these books at the same time, and God's ministering to us in our vulnerable state. I'm vulnerable. I'm in jail. She's vulnerable because I'm in jail, and there's nobody there, and we're both at this low point in our lives where we're needing Jesus. We're screaming out to him. And God ministered to me. There's a gospel presentation in the book that I was reading. Tears started, started streaming down my eyes. It was at that moment where I knew that God was calling me to himself. And being vulnerable, I said, I, I, I give you me, God. <laughs> what there is in me, I'm here. Please forgive me. Make me new. Do something with me. I'm wrecked. And, and at the same moment, and at the same moment, Robin's reading this book about this, this addict that was restored because of the power of Christ. And, and, and she finished the book, and she called the author. She tried to get in touch with the author because it ministered to her so, so much. And the author's wife answer, actually answered the phone. And she began to pray with her. She began to pray over me, over our family, over the whole circumstance at the same, the same moments. In, in the vulnerable state. And God began to work. I'm talking about in the vulnerability, his power shone through on both ends of the relationship. It wasn't long before things began, this, this, this process of restoration, this process of transformation. And long story short, here I am today. God is good, amen? amen. God is good. But I dare you to be vulnerable. See, there's something about vulnerability. Sometimes we can act like we're not really there. Sometimes you can act like you're not hearing anything. How many of y'all like to fly, right? Some of y'all are like, I hate to fly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, right? So, you know, when you get on the airplane, they're like, hey, you know, um, everybody turn your devices off, you know, turn it to airplane mode, right? And, you know, uh, I turn mine to airplane mode. You know, what that does is it turns your cellular off, turns your internet off, it turns, it turns off the, the activity of your device, right? So you can switch, just one switch and do airplane mode. Well, when life calls, 
don't be in airplane mode. You, you know what I'm talking about. You can be present, but not really there. You're not hearing anything. You're not dealing with anything. You're just, you're just kind of surviving. How's it going to work when life calls and you're not there? Because you can't stop life. You can't control life. It just happens. And things come at you and circumstances grip you. But the beauty of it is that Jesus is always present. He's always present, amen? He's always there. One more thing about this. It's interesting that this this blind man called Jesus son of David. Because see, son of David, the prophets foretold that that the Christ, the Messiah, the one that was going to redeem, forgive people of sin, cancel out the debt, redeem his people, call the people to himself, a new system called the gospel of reconciliation was going to come from the king line of David. Okay, so, so for this guy to say son of David was, was an acknowledgement of Jesus as the Messiah, the redeemer of humanity, the redeemer of, of mankind. See, this guy had probably heard about Jesus. And when he heard that he was coming, because he didn't see he was coming, he was blind. He heard he was coming. Yeah, some good senses in his ears. He screamed him down. And, and, it, and it, was, it was son of David that got the attention. Because you know what? Jesus was like, call him, call him. I want to talk to him. You know what? Because that's why I came here. That's why I'm walking through Jericho right now because I'm on my way to the cross. And he's saying, you know what? Let's acknowledge that. Let's get this guy healed. Come here. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew what he wanted them to do for him. But see, the man in his vulnerability had to say, I want to see, Jesus. I want to see. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you just have to tell Jesus, Jesus, I I need you in this moment to do something. You got to scream him out sometimes. And and, and some of you are like, this message doesn't apply to me. Well, that's fine. This message is for someone that's broken and hurting right now. And if you're broken and you're hurting right now, you can scream him out right now. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's worship together. Scream out his name right now as we worship together. This man threw off his cloak and ran over to Jesus. And it's a trivial thing that Mark recorded this in his gospel that he just threw off his cloak. It's just like misplaced. But what he was doing was he was throwing off the past, even throwing off the moment. And he was going to Jesus and saying, it's it's done, I'm I'm gonna be healed. In the name of Jesus, he was. And Jesus can do that for you this morning too. He can heal your mind, your heart, because of what he did on the cross. What he did was he went up there to forgive us of our sins, make us right with God, and give us eternal life. Amen? Come on, let us worship together. Say, Jesus is Lord. Come on, say it again. Say, Jesus is Lord. One more time, people. Jesus is Lord. Amen, amen.